Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Compassionate, caring and cuddly. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So I, here's how smart I am. I, I went over my notes again, and I see that we have uh, Senator Denise Batters calling us in about uh, 10 minutes' time. always enjoy talking to the senator. She speaks common sense, and uh, so I said I have no guests. Well, you do. I have one. Uh, emails, Phil, uh, to write at rightgreenshow.com. We need our own refining to save costs for the public. It won't happen. Government wants tax dollars, Roy. A pipeline historically is much safer than railroad cars and tanker ships. A spill won't cause the damage of a ship or a railway, a tree-hugging fool's paradise. I just read what you wrote. From Jennifer, you may take this the wrong way, but we in the West have wanted out for a long time now. And no, we don't want migration out of Eastern, of Easterners to our side of Canada. We just want to keep our money for us, not Quebec or Ontario. Well, that's kind. That's very thoughtful. Hi, Roy. From John is an Albertan. I'd far prefer seeing Alberta as part of the USA or becoming an independent state. There's nothing about Canada that I'm fond of after years of being kicked around by Ontario and Quebec. Why would Albertans stay in such an abusive relationship? And uh, from Wendy, Roy, if conservative Western Canadians are thinking of separation, they'd better be prepared for a socialist government to govern. After all, it was the people who voted in the NDP in both B.C. and Alberta, and not too many years ago, the NDP in Saskatchewan, too. Something to think about before you get on the separatist bandwagon. There's Wendy in Edmonton. So Aggie's still uh, holding on in, in Medicine Hat, Alberta. Hi, Aggie. Thank you for, thank you for your patience. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Actually, I like to talk. <laughs> well, go ahead. I like to listen. Well, okay, so we were going to transfer on to the, the side of the immigration. There's a couple of things. Um, we've hosted uh, international students for years in our home. And I would say out of the last eight, none of them have been able to qualify to stay in Canada. You know, they're invited by colleges, by the government, saying that if you do your education. So our last one. Um, she's been here for five years. She did three years of education. She worked in the field that she was educated in. But the last thing that Harper did, one of the last things that Harper did before he left, was to change how the qualifications work. And then they invited this express entry, or they started the express entry, which doesn't properly work. So all of these kids that have been educated over here, they've spent tens of thousands of dollars being educated here, they don't qualify. 
but the, the people that come in under the um, LMIA, so ones that are working at Importance or, or Wendy's, I'm just throwing those ones out, but they have more points to stay than these, these students who have come over and done years of schooling. And it, it, there's something broken about that. But there's so much wrong with our immigration as well. My, my aunt and my mom, who are both in their 70s or, and are on Canada Pension, they make less than half of what a person that has just come in, that we've let in as a, as a refugee, they make half to live, to, for the, to subside in their own country where they've paid their whole lives. There's something wrong with that, too. Yeah, I, I want you to, Aggie, I just want you to remember, There's a, there's been a, and, and I lost you there for a moment. I don't know what happened to the phones. Uh, you disappeared, then you came back, and our computer shut down, and it came back. I don't know what's going on. Uh-oh. But, uh-oh, yeah, uh-oh, one of those uh-oh moments. That. Thank you, Bill Gates. How did you get to have $100 billion? Um, there's, a, there's been a story that's been circulating for years that refugee claimants get $2,500 approximately a month. That is false. You get that once. You don't get it every month. That's interesting. And you see, that was just something that I did say to them. Talk about fake news. Where they get their numbers from, yeah. Um, but they certainly don't have any kind of, you have to live on $1,000 a month. after. can't live on 1000 You cannot live on $1,000 a, a month. But that's what the government expects them to do. Well, there's also, but then on the other side of it, it's people say, I don't want to have to pay into CPP. I don't want to have to pay in all this stuff because I'll take care of myself. How many people actually will take care of themselves? Yeah, and, but and, these are people that paid into yeah, CPP their yeah, whole lives. Yeah, you know? yeah. But regarding Wendy's comments... Can you, um, yeah, go, go ahead quickly, please. Yeah, oh, I already forgot what she said, so I'll let you go. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. <laughs> thanks, Roy. <laughs> Thank you for your, thanks for your call. So it's not just me. It doesn't just happen to Roy. Now I feel better. Rob is in Georgetown, Alberta. I almost at George and Robtown, Alberta. Good afternoon, Roy. It's Ralph in Georgetown. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is it Rob or Ralph? Ralph. Ralph. R-O-B or R-A-L-P-H? R-A-L-P-H. Okay, Ralph in Georgetown. Yeah. Uh, I just want to start off with I have uh, sponsored or co-sponsored eight people from the Caribbean, so I'm familiar with the, the immigration, but I, I am really worried with uh, his uh, position that he's taken now, Trudeau, I'm talking about uh, irregulars versus yeah. illegals. They're yeah. illegals, they are. and they're going to cost us an absolute fortune. But worse than that, what really scares me, I think a number of us are going to end up being killed because these people aren't being vetted properly, and there's no reason for this, none whatsoever. So your fear is that there are more individuals like the one in Edmonton, and, oh, and, and Canadians are going to die. Somebody who just happens to be have the great misfortune to be in the way of someone else who's in the country illegally who wants to take a life. Oh, yeah. That's they're, your concern. They're, they've got records of apparently a number of uh, Somali uh, criminals. May I, may criminal, I, yeah. Uh, no, criminal no, no. records in, in Wisconsin that have come across. Yeah, Ralph, I only have a couple of minutes, so I want to ask you a question. Certainly. When you bring somebody, when you say you sponsor people to come in from the Caribbean, yeah. what's involved and how and, and, and what's the sponsorship about? Okay, this was a number of years ago, but it was my uh, ex-wife now, but it was my wife, and then followed up by her father, mother, okay, okay, okay. and brothers. Okay, so it was family. Yes. And, it wasn't, uh, yeah, okay, I understand. I thought maybe you were sponsoring people who were working for you or something, a uh, no, different situation, no. but it was family. Yeah, I had to go through, you know, hoops, you know, to prove all kinds of income and, and where I was going to put them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's something that you said. And it's so important because when we have a prime minister 
talking about illegal entries in Canada, and he uses the word irregular, that really just compromises the whole immigration policy, the whole the whole, the whole policy about entering Canada without any documentation or, or improperly entering Canada. He did when he doesn't when the prime minister doesn't say illegal, when the prime minister says irregular, it compromises the entire situation. We got a couple of minutes. Let's take a break here now, okay? And uh, we're expecting Senator Batters to call. Senator Denise Batters is going to call in, and maybe we can get in a couple more calls as well. My number is 800-263-2428. Roy Green Show, and it's the Chorus Radio Network. He's like a superhero without the costume. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You know, there are some messages that are just redundant, like the one that I have on my uh, screen now. Display driver stopped responding and has recovered. Okay, well, I saw it stop responding, and then I saw it recover. But thanks very much for the information. All you've managed to do is terrify me, because I know what happens next. It's the dreaded blue screen. The blue screen. So... We'll see what happens. Talk a lot about the prime minister of this country. Actually, we speak more about Justin Trudeau than we should have to. Sort of sometimes feel like a classroom monitor trying to keep an eye on the kid who won't stop moving his desk around. So, anyway. Uh, Senator Denise Batters joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Senator, thank you very much. For the time, and you. Uh, you and I have had some very interesting conversations recently, particularly about initiatives that the Prime Minister has been involved in. One uh, has dominated, and that's fair taxes, as he and his, his Minister of Finance like to, to say. And you sent me um, a message earlier in the week that has to do with the issue of mental health, and it's Mental Illness Awareness Week. So please, Senator, yes. go ahead. Yes, well, actually... Um it's Mental Illness Awareness Week this week. One in four Canadians will suffer from mental illness at some point during their lives. And reviewing this whole issue of unfair tax changes, there are so many unintended consequences um, that this Trudeau government has not thought about. And I thought of one more, um, which I wanted to ask Finance Minister Bill Morneau about in Senate question period this week. And that's um, the issue of have small business owners, farmers, and professionals being able to use their passive investments in their companies as an emergency fund. And what came to my mind was that emergency could be a mental health emergency. If somebody experiences a significant period of mental illness, they might need to take substantial time away from work. They might also need to access help from a treatment center. Um, and they can't use, under this new unfair tax changes, they wouldn't be able to use their own money saved in their company for this type of um, um, an emergency. And those are emergencies because people don't talk about their their mental health and their stability, their own stability, until it's sometimes the last possible moment. And when you say emergency, that means like right now. And if you Absolutely. if you if you can't make the if you can't make the call because you don't have the money, 
that could have terrible consequences. Absolutely. I mean, um, recently, Finance Minister Morneau called passive investments dead money. Well, I thought that was just a horrific uh, phrase. Um, but this money, in, particularly in this circumstance, could be used actually to help people on the road to recovery and even save their lives. And, uh, of course, the federal government would say, well, we wouldn't prevent people from using that money. No, but they would be taxing it at a terrible rate of 73%. So, um what I wanted to ask the minister to let him know that it's already difficult enough to convince people that are suffering with significant mental illness to take time off work and to access treatment, and certainly onerous federal taxes shouldn't be another impediment to that, particularly when people who are working in these particular fields, small business owners, farmers, professionals, they, in a lot of cases, don't have paid sick leave and they don't have a disability plan, like his family business sells through Morneau Chappelle. Um, They need to access the money that they have save through their companies for those kinds of emergencies. And you also have uh, you have a video up about it, right? I did, because I didn't get to ask uh, the finance minister these questions in Senate question period, because he really tried to talk out the clock and give five-minute answers that didn't really answer anything at all. We ran out of time, so I decided to make a video right in front of uh, the Canada Revenue Agency National Headquarters. So I put that video up on my uh, on my Twitter, which is at Denise Batters, and my Facebook, Senator Denise Batters, and I just recently reposted it here so that your listeners would be able to see it. And those are the questions that I'm wanting his answers about, especially this week during Mental Illness Awareness Week. Clearly, his finance bureaucrats, this is yet another unintended consequence that they didn't think about when they were drafting these unfair tax changes. So I'm asking him, given the gravity of this oversight, I'm asking him to cancel his plan to tax those kind of emergency funds at such an onerous rate. Senator, thank you for the time. It's an important uh, consideration, and it's important for the finance minister to answer that question. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And uh, those of us in the Conservative caucus will continue to fight these unfair tax changes every step of the week, uh, every step of the way, I should say. And uh, and hopefully we'll get the government to turn around on this. All right. I also want to wish you uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and all your listeners. Thank you, Senator. Same to you and, and your family and uh, everyone in your offices. Thanks for the time today. And thanks for the reminder. Senator you, Denise Batters. Pleasure. On the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. Back to our calls in the minutes we have left. Jack is in Edmonton. Jack, thank you for your patience, sir. No problem at all. First and foremost, I want to say I only try to call about once a year and a half, it seems. But uh, you've definitely touched something. But the first thing I want to say is this. Thanks for being there for your wife, Roy. Um, oh, thank you. Number yeah. two is great show as always. Thank you, Jack. Um, God, immigration or the oil. Boy, uh, do that <laughs> separate up another time. But anyways, I'll talk about oil since I'm in the belly of the beast. Um, I was a young lad watching when our premier dealt with this the last time, the national energy policy, which destroyed the West, destroyed. I was here. Then I was, I was a young banker at the time, uh, saw what occurred. I always remember Lougheed going on TV at the time. It's the first time I ever saw a... For the people that don't know this, you used to point at a wall and with a um, little stick and follow it on there on TV. He was shaking because it was talking about turning off the oil. But we all know what it meant. And my father, who had immigrated uh, after the Second World War and served accordingly, uh, said, I back him versus Trudeau. Well, now we have Justin. Um, yeah, now we have Justin. Right? Brad Wall has it right. Um, I wish he had won um, in terms of the PC. 
but they really don't understand what they're dealing with down east, out west. This is for real. Quebec, every wind, you know, every time, five or six, is, but this is for real out west. Really, do you have a sense then that, and I keep hearing this, and I remember, um, Jack, we aired a show about a year and a half ago, and there was something else that was going on that had Westerners angry and talking about separation. And I had three gentlemen on. One, one gentleman sent me an email, and he, it was very eloquent, and he was such determination. So I said, do you have two friends who feel similarly so we could get you on the air and you can make your case for at least testing the waters for separation of Western Canada? Is there the kind of sentiment that you say there is? Well, we wound up talking about nothing else that particular day or the next day, and I believe it carried on into the, into the following weekend. There was such tremendous response and such tremendous fatigue with Quebec and all of its demands, and Albertans and uh, callers from Saskatchewan were feeling so left out. One, one last thought from me, then back to you. I was also thinking yesterday that on the 1st of July on Canada Day, I, mean, I shouldn't, maybe shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. I have doubt that Mr. Trudeau didn't leave out Alberta on purpose when he mentioned all the provinces. I think maybe he just did that intentionally. That may not be fair, but that's how I feel. Go ahead, Jack. Several things. Um... Oh, boy, I don't know where to start, but I'll try to be concise here. Um, equalization, everybody knows. The new big arena in town, Edmonton, uh, it was done in the business way. Um, both sides walked away numerous times, but it was done at the end, and it was a private partnership and all the rest. We have the Quebec, or what they call in Quebec City, which was half provincial money and half civic, but all through the equalization. Where is there any skin in the game? Um, there comes a point when... It's like Christmas or Thanksgiving, shall we say this, that you invite everybody home, but it's a little bit like the one that keeps insulting mother's cooking. At the end, <laughs> one says, leave. Yeah. Are we there? No. But are we past 50%? Done. That's for sure. We had this discussion yesterday in my car with my son, who's uh, going through university, and he asked, you know, where was going to go? I can tell you this. I don't know the timeline, so sometime between tomorrow morning and 10 years, he won't be having this conversation with his son. I can assure you of that. Would your, well, would your son then, if the question were asked today or tomorrow, would your son opt for leave? Um, don't know, but I can assure you because of this, he's asked me for uh, my opinion. I said, come ask me in a month. Um, go get informed. Okay. The, the reason I ask that if it's multi-generational, then it's really something that needs, well, it was, anyway, it's something that needs to be listened to and heard and considered. But if it's multi-generational, boy, that's a, that's a, that's a tough snowball to stop becoming an avalanche. The last comment I'd make is this, unless you want to ask me anything, is this. Um, Brad Wall, um, to me, is the uh, Peter Lougheed. That's quite something for me to say in this Albertan. And I wish he would have run. I think I indicated that before. But um, I have 10 seconds, Jack. Fine. When he speaks, um, for a large part of the West, he speaks for us. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate your call in Edmonton. Speaks for a lot of people in Eastern Canada and in Central Canada as well. By the way, just by the way, 
It hasn't been exactly a party in Ontario either. Under the current provincial administration. We'll come right back.